This is it, folks. Whatever happens in the coming minutes decides the fate of Mackinac. The Mortal Dawn can't find a way to stop the Luminary here and now, then she keeps feeding, growing, and resumes control of the Five Kingdoms. It's not looking good. And as the platform the battle is taking place on is starting to fall at a slow but quickly growing rate. If this final gambit doesn't work, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not just going to let her take over, but I'm in no shape for a last stand. She just seems to keep going. Nothing seems to slow her down. And I'm worried she still has power she hasn't revealed. Leave it to the BBE to keep a few wild guards up her sleeve, just to dump salt in your fresh wounds. Why the hell can't they just go all out from the start and get it over with? Storm, I'm really scared. I know, kid. Me too. Watching her fight is... It's, it's giving me some unsettling flashbacks. Like... Like I've known this power she wields. I've known it all along. It's... It's been in me. She was a monster from day one, and, and I couldn't do anything about it. I might have been the only one that knew the truth. That's not the same thing, Kip. She scrubbed your brain clean like a shameful toilet. You didn't have any free will, let alone the strength to fight back. I know, Storm. I know all that. It's just... It hurt the whole time. Like I was stuck inside, watching the outside, unable to do anything. I just... I just want them to beat her so bad. We all do, Kip. She's a big, fat potential period at the end of our collective sentence. Take her down, Mortal Dawn. Make her sorry. Make her sorry for everything she's done. Give her one for me. Damn, Kip. I want her to pay for everything she's taking from us. For everything she took from me. You tell him, buddy. You tell him. <sighs> Stick around, folks. I promise you don't have anything more important to do than watch how this plays out. This is everything. This is the end. What happens next? Let's find out. Together. The sunlight of a new morning washes over the ruins of the stone platform that once housed the Nexus Beacon. The mortal dawn has done battle with the Luminary, and with themselves. But the light still burns within them. Your teammate Chris Sagrand has been broken from their Harbinger form, and now the four of you stand in haunting calm as the Luminary writhes in pain, hissing and roaring in protest as the structure slowly starts to descend from its mile-high perch. The sensation of lift is jarring, and the world is watching. The initiative continues with the Luminary. I will survive this. You will not. But if I am to fall, I will take you all with me, especially you, impudent child. And with that, the Luminary lashes out at each of you with a lantern on a long chain, mustering a huge burst of radiant energy. Coming in at Arvid with a critical. Woo! Coming in at Harithax. Yeah. With a 27. <laughs> that hits. Coming in at Christ with a dirty 20. That hits. And Artyom. You said it's radiant energy? I mean, I'm describing it that way, but it's just a lantern. Same bludgeoning. So. Oh, okay. Then I'm going to go ahead and warding flare. Okay. So it goes from having advantage to a normal roll. 18. No dice. <laughs> Shucks. Oh, and one at Morty, of course. 
That's a hit. Poor Morty. So if you got hit, you're all going to take the same damage? That seems fair. Ho, 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 okay. I don't like that. Well, you know, I roll a lot of bad rolls throughout this campaign, but this is not one of them. <laughs> okay. Oh, and I didn't take into account the fact that Arvid got crit. Oh. So. So just roll more dice. <laughs> Don't double it. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what that was. If you got a normal hit, you take 25 points of Holy damage. Holy shit. Ooh, one shy eight? of max? That was beautiful. And Arvid, you take 30. Thankfully, the second two dice weren't as heavy. No kidding. <laughs> okay, but I was still raging, so actually I'm not totally gone, right? That's true. So you take 15 Beautiful. because I did describe it as bludgeoning. Mm-hmm. But as the lanterns hit you, the chains wrap around you. Those of you that got hit by the lanterns are now grappled, but not just held in place. The chains are being pulled into the void within the luminary's robes, drawing you in. That brings us to Artyom. I say, well done, Christ. Now don't fuck it up. All of you, don't fuck it up. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and cast Bless on the entire party, except Harithax, because he's already got that. And in fact, that means I only need to bump it a little bit for the spell slots. Nice. So the radiant energy that's coursing off of this lantern is going to imbue them with the power of the light, and they all just kind of get a little stronger. Mm-hmm. Very good. That brings us to Arvid. Arvid is going to retreat into his giant goat form to reserve life and possibly add to balance. Who knows if I'll need that. As you feel the animal form take over, exploding outward, the chains break free from your body. Nice. So good. Your heavy hooves impact with the stone, kicking dust into the air. (laughs) That was a good bleat. Thank you so much. That was a good bleat. That's all, right? Do I have to do anything else? <laughs> do you want to attack? That's, your bo- oh. that's a bonus action for you, right? Ooh, yeah, it your is. circle of the moon. Yeah. The moon. Okay, cool. Well, let's just go into a ram frenzy and start kicking and a bucking. That's a attack. Bam. Yeah. Since the luminary was pulling you towards it when you transformed, I will let you have the momentum of a charge. Hey. Ooh. Fuck yeah. And if you want, you can maintain your recklessness even in go for Whoa, reckless goat. Y'all watch out. You're already doing it. (laughs) Cool. Okay, that's 21 to hit. That hits. Beautiful. Seventeen plus two force damage or no? Mm -hmm. Yes? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so that's uh nineteen damage from the goat. Damn. Yeah, you bury your horns into this entity of light and darkness, and you manage to find the body inside, and you feel the cracking of chains, flesh, and bone. Mm. Harithax. Well, I just realized I need to roll a concentration check for vampiric touch, because I took 25 damage. You sure did. DC 12. Yeah, that's a 19 on the die. Nice. Excellent. All right. Harithax despite having a lot of health and getting some back from vampiric touch is almost into single digits after that hit. So I'm going to take my action to drink a domain farms, Supreme healing potion. All right. Which we think is three D eight plus eight. Yes. 
14 plus 8 is 22 points back. All right. Which puts me to 35. That's my action. And I don't have a bonus action, and I'm grappled, so I can't move. So I think that's it for Harithax's turn. At the end of Harithax's turn, the Luminary turns to once again attempt to enrapture Morty. Morty rolls a natural 20 on his save. Yes! <laughs> what a good boy. <laughs> oh, I thought I was going to get in a little more stank on that, but Morty, Dog-o-dia. my boy. Dog-o-dia. 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 <laughs> savage. Absolutely savage. That's what she gets for messing with a god. And at that, Morty gets to make his attacks for the round back at her. That's a hit and a miss from the dog Odia. Oh my god. Dog is an anagram of god. Oh god. Gas, Morty. <laughs> those rare three-letter anagrams. Yeah. <laughs> you see Morty latch into two of the ten arms with both of his divine sets of jaws and begin pulling this creature to the ground, fighting in a kind of tug-of-war covered in chains, spilling out light in place of blood as these two as these two demigods clash and entangle in a grapple for the ages. That brings us to Christ's turn. You feel like you're taking your first breath again. As you're entangled in this lantern and chain, you see her turn her attention to you, pulling you in, dragging you hand over hand, pushing back Morty, pushing back Harithax and Arvid, and trying to pull you back into her body, Mm. consuming once more, making the two parts one. I'm I'm Chris Grand. I'm maker of my own path and guardian of creation. I'm using those words, remembering myself, inspiring myself. I think it's time for one of Chris's bad ideas. Chris's (laughs) bad ideas. I mean, it's it's the it's the final episode. I kind of have to. Your first act as Chris Reborn must be a Chris's bad idea. (laughs) Um, set the tone for this new direction of your life. <laughs> I'm going to let myself get pulled. And as as I'm inched closer and closer, I'm going to be saying things. I'm going to be saying things directly to the luminary. Ten powerful hands drop their lanterns and seize you by the forearms, by the legs, by the waist, by the neck, drawing you in. I I don't blame you. You can't you you can't heal or stop the things you've done. But let me give you one last gift. My heart. When I'm up close and personal with her, I'm going to plunge my crystalline gem heart into her. Once again manifesting the monofilament crystalline claw, you bury it into your sternum, sinking around the crystal that's been keeping you alive all these years. With all of your might, you rip it out of your chest and shove your hand into the vacuous emptiness inside the luminary. And as the impact is made and the crystalline entity the perfect gem of magical consumption that grows as it absorbs 
explodes outwards into hundreds of glistening spikes, piercing through the luminary and crisp, filling the air with droplets of their blood and light. All magic in the area is swallowed up. Active spells are nullified. Your enchanted items waver for a moment, and Arvid is forced back to his humanoid form. It consumes more than it ever could have hoped. It grows in the blink of an eye, exploding outward, as the two humanoid shapes inside begin to blur together, twisting as they're surrounded, until the growth stops. And where once the two grappled, there is now a pillar of gemstone, jagged sharp, reflecting a prism of the daylight behind it, with the two twisted shapes half-merged, remaining trapped within the perfect crystal prison, humming with a clear angelic tone. Uh, Arvid is um, pushed back by the, the speedy development of this crystal, and upon realizing exactly what's happened, he... Uh, he shouts, Christ! Cousin! No! And is trying to smash through it with Midnight Parody. I'm assuming unable to, to make any dents, but he thinks he can save him somehow. You swing with all of your might in this awoken artifact weapon, and you feel like the blade will break if you strike too hard. Morty, in confusion, tries to paw and snarl at the base of the crystal, not sure what's going on following Arvid's action. No! Artyom runs up to them, puts a hand on their shoulder and says, He made his choice. Let's hope it was the right one. We have to get out of here. The platform begins to freefall. The ground is getting closer. If we hit the ground before we're in the air, we're all dead anyway. Hardax, do you have any kind of teleportation magic? Uh, I can turn myself into an eagle or something, but that won't save everyone. Pistiet. A dark shape casts a shadow over the battlefield, and the hum of an engine cuts through the silence. The hymn flies overhead as a rope ladder is lowered down. A figure on a griffin with a long crane's neck swoops down to help direct the ladder towards the group. It's Maven, nursing a broken arm and possibly some broken ribs and he shouts over the roar of the engine. We've got to move quickly! Hurry! And he looks down. He sees what has happened and is awestruck. We could not stop him. No. No, of, of course not. We've got to get aboard. Hurry! The hymn is descending as quickly as it can to keep pace with the platform. Harthax is going to use their primal seed to regain a spell slot as mm. as this is happening and and move towards I'm I'm actually going to try and usher the other party members over to the ladder. Okay. Try and help them all get up. It's there ready to be grabbed. As you start to usher him away, he places his hand on the crystal and then a gentle kiss. And he calls out to his god with no real understanding of what he's doing and uses divine intervention. He doesn't care what form it takes. I rolled a nine under, which is one under ten, which is the requirement. Bitchin'. Woo! (laughs) 
You're not sure what you're asking for? I am leaving it to you what happens. Certainly. I am not expecting to save him, if that helps. Understood. Something about the way the sun hits the crystal seems too perfect. The spilling of rainbow light from the other side does not match its trajectory with the light. Something's happening inside, but you're not sure what, and you have no time to think about it. Let be with you, friend. Morty hops into Arvid's arms in their usual carry position. Yep, he, he boards with that thousand miles there. And the group climbs the ladder as quickly as they can up to the hymn. Maven helps you when you reach the top. He says, Artyom, I think you were right. Killing her would have killed me. And it would have killed Christ. But this... This is awful. What do you think will happen when it hits the ground, Maven? Should we try and stop it? Should we try and save him? I don't think there's anything we can do from here. It's what he always wanted to do. Not to be a pawn to greater forces. And that's exactly what he did. He took the things that were controlling him and turned them against each other. He did it for all of us. But if it weren't for you, he would have just been another weapon. You all made each other what you are. Artyom levels a tearless eye at him and says... It should have been you. You're probably right. I am grateful that you helped to make all of you what you are. And even after all of the music, I think this whole time it was you who were inspiring him. You look down over the edge of the hymn as the crumbling remnants of the beacon fall to the heart of Camaris, into the Helderons, a wasteland full of endless lakes of bubbling magma and smoking volcanoes, as the hymn takes offward into the heavens before the ever-storm closes behind it. What now? I don't know. Everyone saw what happened. The true story has been witnessed. There will be no fabrication of these events. I... I plan on doing what I can to keep the League alive. But for now, there's nothing. The Commissioner's gone. It's going to be a broken thing that needs fixing. New leadership. New goals. More protection for our heroes. And if I become the new Commissioner... There's no way I can continue to be your patron. So, what's to become of the mortal dawn? Everything's gone. All we can hope is that... we can all rise again. I have work to do. But don't worry, Maven. I'm sure you'll find some way to get what you want. You always do. Artyom walks to the bow. Is there any noticeable impact when, like, the crystal lands? You just see a plume of lava rise up. Okay. 
That's it then, Arvid. Those are the Heldorans. The volcanoes at the center of the world. I know many mystical secrets, but... None that I know of would let us follow him there. Perhaps the crystal will protect him. Perhaps it won't. We can't resurrect him if there's nothing left. I'm not sure what the future holds for you three. But I'll do what I can to help. The whole world was watching today as a champion-ranked team rose to the challenge and saved them from themselves, from their own obsession. This changes everything. Nothing will be the same. What like this? Can't believe they they did it! Storm! They did it! They saved us all! They stopped her! Storm, they stopped her! Yeah, they sure did. God damn it! That poor boy had to pull his heart out to save us. No one should have to make that kind of sacrifice. And no one should have to watch their friend pay the ultimate price for their safety. Their wounds will heal, but they'll be carrying this for the rest of their lives. And so should we all. You're... You're, you're right, Storm. You're right. Those of us watching today will remember the bravery this team showed, the risk they took for all of us, and will honor the sacrifice made by Chris Grand. We may never know what exactly we saw, how that worked, or who he was, but the end result means we all have a tomorrow that we're ready to face. And... And this may just be something that I'm feeling, but... But she's silent. Like, all along, she's been talking. Uh, telling me what to do. Something loud. Sometimes quiet, but... But now she's silent. I can think. I can finally think. Alone. Gip, that's some of the best news I've heard in a long time. But... What does this mean? Is the league over? Are we out of jobs? No more adventure entertainment? Well, Storm, while the Luminary's been silenced, there's still battles raging across the Five Kingdoms. That kind of thing won't stop at a moment's notice. It's dangerous. The truth of the matter is, job or not, we may not even make it off this mountain, pal. We can do it if we stick together. We both took quite a beating, but we can tough it out. Come on, Kip. Job's done. Let's go home. I don't have a home, Storm. I, I don't have anything. Well, then, uh, well, then you're coming home with me. So you can get some kip. <laughs> and then we'll find you a place. Let's just get out of this depressing wreckage. Y you were right, though, Storm. You were right. I shouldn't have tried moving around so much. Should have. Should have let the wounds rest. Kip, what are you talking about? Oh, God. Oh, you're soaked in blood. Oh, your wounds are all open, you little idiot. Why didn't you tell me? It had to... It had to be a voice. For good. Kip, 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 stay with me. Stay with me, buddy. Don't pass out on me. Kip! Kip! There's no way. Hey, 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 down here! SOS! Man down! 
We're gonna be okay, pal. We lucked out. Rescue ship's here. Just... be strong. Life has a funny way of feeling different today than it did yesterday. And I'd be willing to bet my boots it'll feel different tomorrow too. Hi there, it's me, your old pal Chester Burnham with Domain Farms. You know, when I was just a lad, my daddy sat me up on a fence post and he told me, son, we're put on this earth for two reasons, above all others. One is to remember the past, and the other is to change the future. Now, I didn't know much about what he meant back then, but looking at it now, well, let's just say Daddy was good for more than just making healing potions. Here at Domain Farms, we prided ourselves on keeping things the way they used to be in the good old days, with our 1d8 healing potions, on account of tradition. Well, times are changing, and so shall we. If you don't want to get lost in the crowd, you best do something to stand out. Introducing our all-new 4D2 healing potions. It ain't a D8, and it ain't 2D4. When you need to get healed in the heat of the moment, we don't want to leave the effectiveness of our potions up to a coin toss. So we figured, why not four coin tosses? Sometimes change is scary. Things can't stay the same forever, otherwise the milk goes bad, so to speak. Anyway, whatever happens on the long road to tomorrow, make sure you bring a healing potion, just in case it don't quite go your way. And if you do, make sure it's one of ours. Domain Farms. You know it'll last if it's cured. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. 
One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey, you cuties. Surprise! Law's doing the mid-roll today, and that's because this is the finale for Season 1 of the LUQ. And there's absolutely no chance we could have made it this far without the support of all of our amazing fans. And especially our incredible patrons. Since it's the last episode of this season, I'm just going to thank all of the teams and their members all at once from Season 1. We've got the Cultured Cutthroats with Zan Cam, Jeff Ammons, Jack Phillips, and Isaac Davies. Ancestors Fury with Timothy Andrew Southern, Andrew42, Izzy, and Darce Mail. The Moonlight Veil with Christian Wiseman, Jen Finch, Eerie Lunar Rose, and Maisie. The Tavern Brawlers with Dave Mladenoff, Daniel Pickens-Jones, Tracy Rivington, and Dovathor. The Iron Rhapsody with Eshwin, Krista Perez, Christopher Mashburn, and John Reinhardt. The Oathsworn with Craig McDonald, Brandon Wills, and Patch Perryman. The Unbroken Form with Lautus Anderson, Evelet, Heath Marks, and Devin Stika. And the Cursed Spawn with Michael Staines, Tal Varen, Chandler Harmison, and Korgoth. If you'd like to be a part of one of the teams for Season 2, please visit our Patreon for more information on how to get on the roster and join the LUQ-verse. I don't really have any words to explain how it feels knowing that this is a bookend to my DMing for Season 1, but I do know that I'm very excited for all of you to get to start listening to Season 2 and seeing all of the exciting stories that Zach has to tell as he takes over the DM chair. The new season premieres on April 12th. If you or anyone you know wants to advertise with the LUQ, please send your questions to admin at slapdashstudios.com. Fans asked if we have an address, and now we do. We have a P.O. Box. It's 230091 Tigard, Oregon 97281, in case there's anything you just have to get to us. Please, no homemade food. We just can't do anything with it. And for all other info, visit theluq.com. Be sure you're following our Twitch channel if you want to watch me and Zach stream random games throughout the week. But every Tuesday, we play a cooperative Pokemon Nuzlocke. It's always a lot of fun. And we also stream premieres of the new episodes on Monday night at 7 p.m. PST. Most importantly, if you want to get more information on the actors who play the characters in LUQ, go to our webpage and visit the LUQ cast tab. You can find links of anything that the actors want to share with you as far as promoting themselves, including the option for tipping or donating to the players directly. There wouldn't be an LUQ without the players. The past couple months has all been very emotional for everyone involved, and we're so happy that the first season is ready for the public to consume in its entirety, so make sure you let them know about it if you haven't already. And to make sure everyone's ready to dive into Season 2, Battle Axis. But enough out of me, let's get you back to the finale. My name is Thomas Turner, and this is Behind the Shield. The League of Ultimate Questing is larger now than it has ever been, and that's all thanks to the brave acts of one singular team. When the truth was revealed that the League's original commissioner, one Mina Luri, wasn't just a wealthy entrepreneur, but indeed a primordial entity hell-bent on bending the will of mortals to feed her own insatiable cosmic parasitic tendencies, we thought it was all over. She had turned the powerful teams of heroes that made up the League into weapons to try to bring down the most powerful groups in Mackinac, 
so she could hold a position of tyranny unopposed. And thanks to a sinister device which broke the laws of decency, not to mention arcane magic, she was able to begin boring a hole to other dimensions, to let her influence spread, and her plan was going perfectly. That is until the Battle of the Beacon. A brave group of intrepid underdogs found themselves in the unique position of being the team under the patronage of her most tenacious opponent. Their courage and I dare say reckless assault against her atop the very device that she built is known today as the Battle of the Beacon. The team in question was the Mortal Dawn. Team captain, the Drav Cleric of Bren and champion to his people, Artyom Volkov, son of the Red Moon and bearer of the Totem of the Ram, Party Drubarb Arvid Ulfman, a rare breed of Shadowscale Drakkar, a mysterious team warlock known as Harothax, and Party Sorcerer and Creation Bard, Chris Sagrand, who utilizing a strange symbiotic gem that was part of them, trapped himself and Mina Luri in an impenetrable prison, now deep in the magma fields of the Heldorons. Without the acts of this courageous team, not only would the League not be what it is today, but the Five Kingdoms may have been destroyed. Each year on the anniversary of this battle, we gather around the scry screens to watch fondly the reruns of the all-out melee that pitted mortal against primordial to honor the bravery this heroic team showed. This, of course, led to a series of legal battles regarding the new ownership of the League. But with an airtight case backed by decades of evidence and planning, the Mortal Dawn's patron, one Maven, was awarded ownership of the LUQ and the Nexus Enterprise. Join us next time as we take more insightful looks at the events that make the League what it is today, and tell the story you may not know, here on Behind the Shield. Thomas Turner, signing out. Time passes as the Five Kingdoms recover from an event that turned friend against friend, and turned heroes into villains. The world watched as a group of underdogs put their lives on the line to stop an otherworldly entity from robbing them of their free will, consuming their adoration, and spreading like a virus to nearby dimensions. Great courage was shown, and sacrifices were made. We see a boardroom with a long polished table surrounded by figures in fine suits. Outside the huge paneled windows, the city of Andmar sprawls out, with massive airships drifting over the city skyline. At the head of the table is a man in a gray suit with a dark leather ballroom mask, speaking passionately, seizing the attention of the gathered officials as he gestures towards a planar map and hands out stacks of thick documentation, revealing a pair of dark rings on his fingers. He seems full of life, full of hope. The figures nod eagerly. We see a group of soldiers, Constructs made of living steel, standing before the ivory throne. Speaking from their hearts to the king and his advisors. And after a pause, their leader steps forward to shake hands with the crown. We see a ship out in the eastern maiden heading towards the Free Isles. A brightly haired halfling tosses a brown bottle to a pair of sea elves adorned in golden jewelry. And they laugh as they trade stories of the high sea. We see a pair of deer, drinking from a clean mountain lake near sunset. The forest around them is thick and lush with life, as an early autumn sets in. Save for a large clearing to the north, where the forest seems to have been burned away, and the earth broken by some old impact.
near the ruins of two small houses, overgrown with plant life. From a nearby tree we catch a glimpse of a figure, made of reflective dark metal, his body rectangular in shape, with one gleaming red eye, watching in wonder as the deer run back to the woods. Despite his lack of facial features, he seems to smile and vanish into the air, entering another dimension. People all over the Five Kingdoms sit with their friends and family, gathering to watch the reruns of the Battle of the Beacon, featuring the mortal dawn, cheering at the wonderful sights they see. We see the village of Thandon, and the gate surrounding a large building, opening its doors to the public, revealing a beautiful courtyard filled with flowers of red, purple, and orange, and a statue of polished glass, of a man in beautiful robes with long hair flowing behind him. The sign says, Chris Sagrant's home for future heroes. We see the Lounge of Ultimate Questing, rebuilt and renovated, under new ownership. The tables are packed, league teams and patrons cheering and clinking beverages as they watch the replays on the huge scrying monitor. A padded chair scoots its way towards a group of standing customers, and a pair of minstrels fills the air with music, and a surly hobgoblin shouts from the kitchen. And we drift upstairs to an empty apartment and a table where there is a note, written, unread. <sighs> I've always tried to be honest and loving in everything I do. I don't know. Maybe I failed. Maybe I will fail all of you. Sometimes you have to be courageous in order to make something beautiful. Be kind, my family. Do great things. <laughs> yes. Oh, Artyom. I've always known. But I'll say it first. I love you too. Sam, you can leave this part in because I'd like to have it described. I have a closing scene for each of you. I'd like to roll a d4 to determine what order they go in so that there's no kind of weird narrative bias or anything. <laughs> I'm going to leave it up to fate. We see the encampment of the sons of the red moon as spring has come, thawing the tops of the distant glaciers and filling the rivers and lakes with new life below. The tribesmen compare the giant fish they have caught throughout their day before placing them on spits over many bonfires throughout the village. The den mother leads a group of children in their daily lessons, speaking with her hands as the children follow. And we see Arvid, helping to lift a side of elk hanging from a tree as his uncle Arvast carves off some hide with a long hunting knife. Looks like it's going to be quite the spring this season for our people. Haven't seen this much new life in the valley since I was half your size. Uh, I mean height, not weight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've missed this place. It missed you too. <laughs> Feels like a piece of the puzzle's returned. And a huge horse comes galloping up to the two furbolg. And a young woman leaps off of its back and lands on her feet. She pats the horse playfully on the nose and Hydravor whinnies happily. She hands Arvid a bundle and says, How goes the field dressing? Shall we have a feast tonight? I don't much feel like cooking. This one's been keeping me busy all morning. And as she says that, 
A tiny sage hand pokes out of the bundle and grabs Arvid by the thumb. (laughs) (laughs) Don't apologize. That's very good. It's very good. As their tiny daughter squirms herself free from the cloth wrappings, revealing a big head of curly blonde hair and a tiny pair of bumps where horns will soon grow. (laughs) And in the distance, we see a huge mastiff covered in markings, plowing through the powdered snow, barking and snapping, playing with the three giant puppies that chase behind him. Um, I'll, of course, take over cooking the, uh, well, uh, yes. (laughs) If my options are doing it myself and tasting your cooking again, perhaps I'll just take the burden this time. (laughs) I have to warn you, she's been more difficult to watch lately. She keeps getting out of the pen. Turn it into a tiny goat. The thing can climb like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I may have uh, influenced that a little bit. Well, I'm just glad the horns didn't grow before the birth. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> It's going to be a good spring, isn't it, Arvid? And many more after that. And many more after that. We see a vast herb garden in Den Mazir, near the Tower of the Solar. Creeping vines grow up thick sandstone walls, and colorful pots hanging from chains bursting with herbs and rare plants are everywhere. A slow-moving green dragonborn carefully waters a nearby bush, speaking in soft words with a young shadow scale, helping him to tend to the plants, plucking a black withered leaf from a glowing blue rose. I don't have much more time in this beautiful world, but knowing... How much of Salvarax we have brought here with us fills my heart with joy. We honor our ancestors. You, more than any young Shadow Scale. Tell me again, what was it like? It's not how I imagined it was going to be. But I think I would have done our ancestors proud. The dragons were defenders of the realms. And we defended our new home. And many others besides. Ah, to know such power and perfection. The dreams fill my nights, and it is lovely. You notice a ghostly figure manifest in the shadows of the garden facing you, Harithax. A young lad in a cowl of starscape, with three glowing bright eyes. I've been learning much since I chose to follow my own path, Harithax. I've been spending much of my time on the ethereal plane. I find there are less eyes on me. Long have I wandered, seeking new truths. But I came across something odd. Three strange sisters who spoke of you by name. Trapped in some kind of ethereal tether. They were awful. They reeked of evil magic. But they kept ranting about ten years in a day. I don't know about you, but I can't really wait that long. Maybe we can go pay them a visit, they say, extending their hand. You trust me, right? There is nothing that I would like more. You take the hand of Zancam 
and step into the darkness between the stars. We see a set of wind-carved cliffs to the north of the Leone border in the wee hours of the morning, in a place called the Howling Descent, hundreds of caves spiraling off of a massive stone staircase, once home to a colony of enslaved gnolls, now home to a new group, the Drav. The caverns and structures have been renovated into beautiful stone homes, and the surrounding harsh earth treated with masterful care into fields of crops, thanks to the help of hundreds of tiny mushroom men that tend to the soil. <laughs> we see Artyom Volkov standing before a newly finished temple, carved with deep stone sigils of the sun, his damaged hands wrapped in fine silk. Lord Enoki sits on his shoulder, watching, fascinated. Above him, there are a series of ropes, and a figure climbs among them, using just his upper body, for his legs were taken from him some time ago, and he adjusts a bright gold and red banner at the directions of his brother below. How is that? Little more to the left. Aye, more to the left every time. <laughs> he scurries his way along the ropes and pulls it. Little more to the right. Rod. He slides it back. Is it good? It's good. It's perfect. I'm coming down. No, no, it's a little, it's a little more to the right. It looks okay to me. It's a little more to the right. He curses a few more times before fixing it and then descending. We've been at this all day. Don't fall. I'm not going to repair your arms for you. Thank you. I think I might be able to do that myself, but I'd rather not risk it. Casting spells with broken arms, not fun. You would know. <laughs> da. What do you think? Shall we go and join the other soon? Sunrise is coming. Da. I've been meaning to ask you, Artyom. Maybe... Maybe it's time we break the sword. Why? I regret my days wielding it, but it was a symbol of our enslavement. It was a contract that we would always be faithful. Perhaps the symbolism of tossing it into some kind of horrible pool of lava or some sort of acid or snapping it over a knee, it comforts me. But you want it. It's yours. You don't understand. Symbols change. This was once a symbol of enslavement. Now it is a reminder of what we once were so that we will not forget. Well then, I hope that the future draw who wield it, use it for the right reasons. I'll make sure they do. We should go so we don't miss the beautiful sunrise. The choir, they're really coming along good. Da. Do you want the ride? I, I start to kneel down. Hi, back to the piggybacks, eh? <laughs> who did you say taught you this? <laughs> uh, an old friend. All right, I'll wear, just wear me like a fucking scarf. <laughs> hey, look, I'm out of prison and now I've upgraded to backpack. <laughs> Can't your your Dornheim cloak can take any form, right? Can you yeah. turn it into like a baby Bjorn and just carry oh. it? <laughs> hop him into a fucking papoose. Oh. <laughs> Come on. It is nice to... Um... <laughs> this might be weird, but it is... Uh... It's nice to feel close to somebody. Oh, thank you, Artyom. That's lovely. 
He was talking to me, idiot. <laughs> I understand. I bat him on the arm and walk out. And together the two brothers go and watch as the sun rises with their people. We see a tall, handsome elf reclining on a beautiful tapestry in a forest clearing, making a coin dance between his fingertips. He seems bored, but he stops and catches the coin as he rises to his feet. His fox-like ears twitch as he listens carefully. Well, I'd know that song anywhere. Hmm. Was wondering if I'd ever hear it again. He says as he smiles and wanders with purpose into the void of the unknown. It's a new morning in Mackinac. The five kingdoms made stronger after healing from a wound that almost destroyed them. It's a dawn like any other. Perfect, as it sheds light onto the future to come. But an old prophecy has been fulfilled. An eternal storm was broken, just for a moment. A war touched all five kingdoms. Dark ancient halls, deep in Andariel, rumble to life as dust falls from their cracks. A pair of silvery undead draconic wings takes to the night sky. A barrier of green flame begins to fade as Chimus, first son of Sigmus the Ascended, awakens from his long rest. Welcome back, adventure addicts and quest connoisseurs, to more of the League of Ultimate Questing, where teams of heroes test their skill against amazing challenges to rise through the ranks for fame and fortune. My name is Kip Killigan, voice of the LUQ, and with me is my good friend, the orc who puts the flex in reflex, Stormclad Thundertongue. It's a beautiful day, Kipster, and if my nose knows what it knows, adventures in the air. That, and the bold, robust, earthy tones of Baba Java's Hex Breakfast Coffee Blend. Mmm. That's black magic. I cannot believe how much they pay me to say that. <laughs> we just witnessed in wonder as champion ranked team, the Sons of Starlight, made a daring escape from a living mimic castle haunted by the remains of those it had consumed, and giving them a clear shot at being this year's invitational champion ranked team. There's exactly two things I know about mimic anatomy. Their teeth hurt like a son of a bitch, and they're stickier than a leaky honey bear. Well, something tells me leaving out the back door wasn't the glorious exit we could have hoped for. But better out than in, as they say. Since the ownership of the league is coming to new hands, we've been seeing a constant increase in viewership, and more teams than ever are eager to join. Well, who can blame them? We're adding new rules every day to help judge this big mess. Teams and civilians have more insurance against lasting damage thanks to luck union agreements, and the promise of off-world quests has sparked some kind of a, I don't know, extra planar race? Truly, things are looking up for our heroes, as well as for the League itself. Sometimes, the greatest hardships can lead to the most brilliant rebirths. Kip, I gotta ask you. Didn't want a prize since you've been through so much and in such a short time and all. But why'd you stick around? I would have bet dither to Drac you'd hate the League more than anyone, even with a new captain at the helm. Well, that's a good question, Storm. I guess it just felt right. I don't know if I'll ever get all of my past back, but when you're good at something, it... It feels like the thing to do. Not to mention that watching everything happen here firsthand, from the inside, it helps me sleep at night, making sure the same things don't happen again. Dang. Well, when you put it like that, I'm not just happy that you're still here. I'm grateful we're doing it together. Plus, a new host means playing fake friend until you get a read on their whole vibe. Awkward nods in the hall, small talk during commercial breaks, laughing at bad jokes. Ugh. I'm a simple orc. I like a little change here and there, but... 
the important stuff, well, I'm pretty happy when it stays the same. Well, change is in the air for all of us, Storm, and from the looks of it, it's a wonderful change indeed. I can't wait to see what all the fantastic teams get up to next week, both new and old. Speaking of, any big plans for the weekend? Sounded like you were excited about something. Excited's one word for it. Nervous is another. Me and Vladis, we've been talking for a while now. Well, I think we're gonna head out to Thandon this weekend, and, well, we're thinking about adopting. Passing on the Stormclad mantle and making our family a little bigger. Uh, Storm? That's so wonderful. Well, lots of kids lost their families when the weekend went up. I got more than enough adventuring dodge to give some down-on-their-luck thunder tikes a good life. And we both know that if I don't, it's just gonna go into wine tastings and vacations. I figure it's time to start a new kind of adventure. Well, congratulations, pal. Well, this calls for a celebration. Well, why don't we go out for a few drinks after the show? My treat. Yep. <laughs> I thought you'd never ask. Thanks for watching, folks. We'll be back next week with more edge-of-your-seat excitement and heartfelt heroics, as long as they keep happening. See you real soon, right here on the League of Ultimate Questing. And that is the end of Season 1 of the League of Ultimate Questing. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. going to say, can we... Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> it would have been a standing ovation, but then we would be too high above our mics, right? Right. Plus microphones and headphones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody would have tried to stand up their mic, their headphones would have caught and they would have like awkwardly done the like God! thing like <laughs> when you try and walk off from your computer while you're still wearing your headphones. Salah, I'm mad at you. You almost made me ugly cry like into the mic. Like I was holding back tears and I was like, I'm gonna ugly cry. I'm gonna ugly cry. Yup. That would have been a nice thing to have oh, as a permanent record. <laughs> there was a lot of tears around the table. I'm oh, I'm I'm so honored to be part of your emotions. <laughs> and you were. And you have been for two fucking years. <laughs> and change. Yeah. And change. I mean, that's not a lot of it. Let's take our time to really wind down off this one because we've been we've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Well, let's start by thanking everyone for listening and going along with us through 112 episodes. Jesus Christ, 112. Two years of the League of Ultimate Questing. Yeah, right there alongside us. That's 112 hours of finished product. Mm. Probably like more like 260 <laughs> of recorded. I feel like I'm going to look back at this in 10 years and, and be like, what the fuck? It's also like a chronicle of like us just existing over yeah. like catastrophic happenings in the real world yeah. and us making it through it uh and then also kind of you know dnd is uh, not just fun it's also uh supportive uh you know uh, collaborative good times it's good for you also I mean, think, of all the, think of all the games that you wish you had recorded all the all the experiences mm. you wish you still had mm-hmm. and we get to go back to this anytime we want like yeah. we can forget about it and then rewatch it with fresh eyes I'd like to think that if you return to old episodes with a fresh ear knowing what happens, you'll see some pieces getting put into place very early. I'm already like like starting to think back on some shit and I kind of want to like get back into it, you know? Mm-hmm. That uh that whole situation with the uh the we finally figured out with the clock where mm-hmm. in the Solange Temple, the clock yeah. did. Solange Temple. We were we were joking about how uh 
how what the fuck were you saying? <laughs> You're saying if if you'd broken the clock, <laughs> yeah. would you have awoken? Joking it during the game, breaking it during the game. You're like maybe this is evil. It's destroying this stupid clock. Leave it to D and D players to not trust a clock. <laughs> <laughs> The doomsday clock, obviously. Mm-hmm. The doomsday clock isn't what causes doomsday. <laughs> it's just a clock. <laughs> Don't blame the fucking clock. I love the idea of somebody running into the room and breaking the doomsday clock. And I'm like, ah, we're not five minutes to midnight anymore, fucker. <laughs> Wonderful. I think it's really awesome that our team chose not to break the sword or anything like that but i will say that i did have another set of bonuses in place if you had which i think is just fun to have to have it's an awesome sword or something else like it's you you can't choose wrong damn like i'm starting to think i should have broke it no (laughs) i actually am delighted and surprised that it wasn't that way and i like the symbolism you took out of it i don't i wouldn't want you to do the thing that i would have obviously picked i i like it better this way but i also just want to pat myself on the back and that i had a plan b in case you wanted to destroy it i yeah for me it's it just it really comes down to the fact that our team is all about bearing the weight of your responsibilities bearing the weight of your past oh and just like hardcore practicality yeah. like even though this has a symbol like i can use this yeah. to do good things well it's just it's just so important to him that that like you never forget what you were you know mm-hmm. even now like it, he doesn't forgive himself he's sure. not like even even though he's like let this community and he helped save the world he's still like this doesn't make up for crimes i, I can't ever undo the things i did mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's an important lesson that's yeah. uh that's the the main gist that i got from the uh tv show xena warrior princess when i was a kid. that's <laughs> basically oh, yeah. it <laughs> show molded me in many ways <laughs> so real talk how did you feel as a gut reaction from your closing scene it's perfect for me I thought the Howling Expanse was a great place for them to move in because yeah. it's like infinite Ooh. tunnels. Drows love that shit. Yeah, you guys liberated this place from evil gnoll demons. Also, an evil, way, an easy way to get back out. I only wish that there had been a, a bit of some of them, some of the the Drow who were mm. reading the Dawn doing the uh, yogic slow oh, stand sure, with sure. it to rise. Because that, to me, I loved that as a thing that I added right. to the to the mythology of it. I had forgotten about that. I just, I just love that concept because I mean, fucking, hey, 15, like 10 to 15 minutes of just like slowly standing with tense muscles. Yeah. That's a Will, willingly I, letting it suck. Having <laughs> vaguely modeled Arvid a little bit after Samwise Ganji, I'm really glad I got my back to the Shire ending. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Curly blonde. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. You really All did. All the babies. <laughs> <laughs> so many babies. You're such a good Sam. Thank you. Sam, you're such a good Sam. Where I've did, heard that before. <laughs> where did Morty's puppies come from? Uh, the dogs of the mountain found more. Okay. I mean, dogs can mate with pretty much any dog, that's, right? That's, like, that's, we, we, I mean, uh, our team explained in game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're talking about like a horse-sized dog too. Like you yeah. got to find the right, like a dire wolf or something mm. up there. I'm just but, gonna say you can artificially inseminate. Oh, it's a thing. Oh, right. Go can we not it. talk about fucking dogs for once? You've been talking about fucking. Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping that someone would pick up on the joke that I was inserting the fact that someone did in fact fuck the dog. Someone yeah. certainly was inserting was fucking dog, the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But someone. Arvid, mm-hmm. Arvid using animal handling one last oh, time. Oh, oh, come on. No. <laughs> Better than wild shape. Now we <laughs> now, now we know why Arvid got advantage on that role. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Yikes. bite the hand. Uh, How do you feel, Chris? Alante. Alante. Wow. (laughs) Um, uh, I am overjoyed. I am deeply sad. 
I'm I am a million different emotions right now, to be honest. That's a lot of emotions. It is, but also just impressed. Like for so many different reasons. Like even working backwards, the the fact that there was like an early choice that I made of being like, this NPC's really cool. I'm going to have a relationship with him and and not realizing that it would be so important hmm. the whole way through. And that's just like emblematic of all the relationships right like just not realizing sure. how each individual has been so important and in a DD game as a dm i like i like that if it's a long game there can always be room for some sort of like relationship as long as it never you know takes up too much time because the 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 more short and symbolic the scenes are involving it it tends to kind of yeah. You get to fill in the blanks and it tells its own story. Let's also say that as long as it doesn't come down to your DM describing boning, that's I'm okay. <laughs> like just don't never get to that mm-hmm. point. Right. I, I led up to that with one scene, but we, we did not get into detail. <laughs> let's let's elude, uh, shall we? Plus, uh, I got freaky in in <laughs> on on screen you, almost. You, you did. You're you're almost like the I think you're the only character in this game that I like uh, like canonically guys. got down. Uh yeah. no, uh Chris had a had a sauna. It was just scene. a steamy uh something. It was just a it was a schwitz. It was a schwitz. It was a steamy Did our pristine crystalline sorcerer die a virgin? Um you know what? I'm just gonna keep that. To We're so. <laughs> I'm just gonna. That, we'll save that for the for the final LU Q and A. Also, can we just retcon all of Chris' bad ideas to be Chris' good ideas? Why not? Okay, we'll just call them Chris' complicated ideas. Yes, I love that. Yeah, Choices we'll just actually. Here's what we'll do. We'll just put in like a swear word bleep. It'll be Chris beep ideas. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> they're like these guys swear all the time what are they bleeping uh, <laughs> so i got a question what's everybody's relationship with luq after this yeah yeah, yeah. how did arvid handle what did arvid do about the luq nobody this? asked me about well, my scene nobody fucking cares michael, <laughs> michael, let's start with michael telling me about Michael's scene. how do you feel about your scene i liked it I I like the <laughs> that idea. is all yeah <laughs> all right no, we can now continue now I liked the idea that like for Harithax, um after deciding to uh, adopt Machinar instead of clinging on to Selvarax it's it's never over mm-hmm. you know we end the threat of the Luminary and the the Peelmeyer sisters are still out there mm-hmm. there's still threats to this world that Harithax is never going to stop trying to prevent. Can I be honest? I I genuinely thought Law was going to say that you're now permanently the shadow dragon because he was like, you're now mine forever. Mm-hmm. And I thought like you being a shadow, you being the dragon of this world would have been really interesting, especially because then like when we do hang out, it would be like this dragon suddenly swoops down <laughs> right? on Drow Town and you're like, hey, bud, how's it going? Just have some drinks under my picnic umbrella shadow wings that I'll just. <laughs> no, that's the thing about a good patron, though, is they just give you a taste. Yeah. yeah. The first one's free. Yeah. Nice. Yikes. It's all right. I'll be level 17 eventually. Yeah. And we've been we've been baiting with Harithax to potentially have a patron shift or or turning away from Malvoris or something. So mm-hmm. I like that you had the option to not do it, like, obviously. There was also other stuff that could have happened with with the many named one. If you'd gone down that yeah. road, I like having options. That it would have can... been interesting if I had taken Kymus as an undying patron, which I considered mm-hmm. at one point, especially with you know that that ending cutscene there of mm-hmm. all of a sudden my patron rises again. Like, oh. <laughs> I also like the symbolism that you were the ones that brought back the skull. So like, there's there's yeah. a hand to be played in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yes, I like I liked my scene. I liked I liked the the sort of continuing arc of Harithax just keep working 
Yeah. Well, and, and you and Vermandez together doing like bringing as many Silverac seeds mm-hmm. back to life as possible. A little plant scene that was nice too. It's very good. He's a druid. That's mm-hmm. what he do. So Arvid, what's your plan? What's what's Arvid's plan for LEQ? I cannot totally answer that because did did is, is Maven now the the holder of all titles and and he, he uh, is he is the commissioner for the Mackinac LEQ. Oh bully, oh bully. I I think that. Arvid would need need some time to recover. He probably, you know, goes back, spends some time with the uh, with the. Um, you know what? No, that makes me think. I think probably <laughs> probably the best possible route is that Arvid starts training Svoltier, uh, uh, <laughs> personal coach. Yeah, <laughs> is like go make me proud. Just wanted to recline for a second. Nope. <laughs> no comfort. No comfort. What about Harthax? Are we assuming that our team does not continue that? that's a fairly Harthax might it's hard to say if Harthax would like start a new team mm-hmm. or if Harthax would just kind of strike off as a like solo hero and maybe contract a team to like you know you're doing an escort quest you're yeah. escorting me while mm-hmm. we travel to another dimension or whatever to go fuck up <laughs> some hags like he becomes a quest giver yeah basically you like like you know i'd be famous enough i imagine yeah you and zang cam and two other people form the third eye right Ooh. yeah <laughs> i like that i was thinking i was think, i was i was trying to think of something like you know the light fall or some you. you know i think the shattered hand <laughs> i think artem doesn't let uh, anybody use scry crystals in the drow town? Interesting. I think he probably doesn't let them do it, and I think he doesn't speak with anybody from the LUQ. I think his only associations are you two, and those are just bittersweet. Mm. I think he realizes that this is no way for faith to be spread. Does Reginald stay with him then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean... I don't, I don't know where, I mean, Reginald could become like the monitor for Harthax, but I think it's kind of a cute idea of just, you know, you're just like, you don't do anything in Reginald's like, I kind of like this. It's all so peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> Probably could have done a little bit more of a close on Reginald, but I also like the, he's, he's unseen for a reason, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's always been up to something. What about Philip? What happens to Philip? <laughs> Philip does not <laughs> get an outro. No. Nope. <sighs> You know they're going to ask about it in the LUQ. The, they're already speculating wildly, right? Yeah, I was going to say the the Discord spoilers and and theories channel has turned into like <laughs> conspiracy centric. Yeah, it's, it's, it's conspiracy theories the, centered around Philip. Swing at every ball channel plus Philip gossip. Yeah. Mm. So, what do you think about the kind of unspoken mystery of the final fate of Chris Grant? Because nothing is said out loud, nothing is clear, but there's a lot of things that could have happened. I like, I think, honestly, you know, for just for me personally, I think making, not making a choice was the best choice Hmm. in that case. Like, I love that I can, like, go home and just imagine a million different adventures or imagine a million different adventures of the people of the Heroes Hall. Mm-hmm. Or or anyone whose lives he's touched, so I I'd love it, and who who knows? I think, I feel like it plants a seed for like a sequel if necessary, or totally. like another like thing could happen. I tried to leave it into a place where like 
down the road there could be some sort of reunion for some reason. Yeah. Or, but who knows what kind of bizarre catalyst would cause that? He's sort Elsa of thing. from Frozen Two now. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm not mad at that. <laughs> Somehow, I'm not surprised. <laughs> All these pop culture references, they're uh, really going to make sense in five uh, years when people have forgotten. <laughs> no one will no. ever forget Frozen. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Frozen 2, excuse me. I've yeah. never seen Frozen 2. I've never seen I Frozen 2. I mean, it's probably Frozen 4 at that point. Oh, wait, Who knows? Nobody's seen Frozen 2 except Michael. I, I've, I've only seen like... I think like the first half of the movie in one sitting at one point and like the back half of the movie in one sitting at one point <laughs> because we just put it on TV for the baby. Of course. And, and I was in the room at the time. But you're all railing on the cultural significance and eternal lastingness <laughs> of it. None of us have even seen the fucking movie. Can I also just say, I love the idea that your son's going to grow up and be able to listen to this. Right. And- oh, I, I was thinking when Law was, when you guys were all talking about like, you know, this, this is like a documentation of like our, our sort of journey over the last couple of years. Like there's, there's one chapter of the show that I disappear because mm. my my firstborn mm. was just born. Yeah. Um, That's so beautifully juxtaposed against Harothex. Yeah. I love that. Very interesting. Well, I don't know what else to say, except we wouldn't be here right now without you, the audience. And mm. all we can say is we hope that you keep growing. Hope someday we can all have a long conversation with you about this in 10 years and seeing where things have gone from then and finding new fans for the show new people to experience season one and whatever the future holds for slapdash season two all that good stuff and it's been an honor to grow and quest together with all of you um, as always please share this with your friends if you're listening to this you can say hey here's a complete full season that you can listen to binge mm-hmm. the wall is ethereal now yeah until new things begin and i think that's beautiful like we We'll be leaving here today having finished something very good and beautiful. And I want to say that those of you out there who are listening to this and maybe have been afraid to start your own games, go out there and grow and quest with your friends. Mm -hmm. This is not a thing to experience alone, afar, on a podcast. If you've loved this, there's no reason you can't love the same thing with the people that you love. Be a part of it. And to that note, there are so many games that you can play. Like if you're if you're like D and D seems really like intimidating or complicated. There are simpler games. There are more complex games. Mm-hmm. There are sci-fi games. There are horror games. There, are, you know, there are so many options out there for you. Pick What's something your fandom? Up. They've got a book for it. <laughs> <No. laughs> if you're looking for more people to play with, maybe you just want to do something online. Join our Discord. There are people there who really, really would love to play with you. There is a looking for group channel, and there are at least two or three games that have started there That's that awesome. people are playing. Yeah. Yeah, it's really a great community. Like, you're missing out not being a part of it. Even if we weren't involved in the slightest, those people are wonderful people. They're a support system for each other. They're hilarious. And they join us on our streams and everything. And, you know, they're just, they're they're part of the initial groundwork for whatever the future is for Slapdash. They're the bricks. And they've helped me through a lot of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. So thank you to all of the fans. You know who you are if we're talking to you right now. Like, you're hearing this being like, I bet they're talking about me. We Let's are. get the rundown of every patron. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that that's not going to age well. That's all the time we've got left. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, join us to see what's in the future for the League of Ultimate Questing, and until next time, we wish you luck. <laughs>